Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. Israel has two major maritime fronts as well as secondary ones such as the Sea of Galilee, which used to border Syria, and the Dead Sea, which Israel shares with the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan. However, the two main bodies of water of concern to Israel, of course, are the Mediterranean and the Red Sea, and its southern approaches all the way to Babel Mandab and beyond. To analyze the naval defenses in these two theaters, including vis-a-vis the protection of coastal population centers and infrastructure assets, alongside shipping and economic targets, we're joined from central Israel by Colonel Dr. Eran Lerman, who is co-host of TV7 Middle East Review, Vice President of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, and a lecturer at Shalem College in Jerusalem. Thank you for joining us, sir. And now the editor of the Jerusalem Strategic Tribune. Thank you. Correct, indeed. And uh, also joining us from uh, the northern part of Israel is uh, Rear Admiral Professor Shaul Chorev, who is the head of Maritime Policy and Strategy Research Center at the University of Haifa. Thank you for joining us as well, sir. You're welcome. And uh, I'd like also to welcome our TV7 analyst and host of TV7's Watchmen Talk, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a broader understanding on this theater that has been uh, away from the the lens of of international media, but at the same time has been also a a concentrated interest uh, of everyone considering the the so-called shadow wars between Israel and Iran that we hear so much about, uh, the attack by the Islamic Republic, uh, per an investigation that was conclusive by CENTCOM, the Central Command of the U.S. Armed Forces, uh, with regard to the uh, UAV attack on the Mercer Street and so much more that occurred over the uh, strategic waterways that impact each and every one of us around the world. What can you tell us about that? So, you know, Jonathan, in uh, coastal um, states and uh, empires, the Navy is usually the senior service. Not so in Israel, even though uh, the coast uh, was exposed uh, from 1948 on, even though uh, we all remember the uh, thousands of Jews who came via the sea in the 1940s during and after uh, World War II, even though the navies of Egypt and Syria were of concern to the Israeli Defense Forces in several wars, But nevertheless, because of the success of the Israeli forces altogether, Navy, Air Force, Army, to repel any invaders or deter any attack on the coast, as well as on shipping, some people in Israel have neglected this front. And uh, Admiral Khorev is remarkably uh, one of those who has researched, written, and uh, brought to the attention of decision makers as well as the general public, the importance of the maritime domain. Now, you referred to both the uh, defense and uh, economic uh, aspects of um, this front, this uh, problem. And yes, uh, Iran, uh, both uh, as an offensive power as well as uh, a transshipper of uh, weapons and uh, other Uh, machinery 
to Hezbollah, to Hamas, and to other groups, uh, is now one of the uh, targets for the uh, Israeli Navy, especially perhaps the naval commandos or perhaps the submarines. We don't know. It all happens uh, underwater. And because um, the Israeli economic expansion in and under the sea regarding gas exploration is so much um, uh, a central part now of the Israeli economy, this uh, is also of concern regarding protection of these targets from the Iranians, from Hezbollah, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and all the rest. Indeed, and uh, as such, Israel has also been bolstering its ranks. Dr. Lehrman, I'd like to ask you, uh, just recently, uh, Israel has received yet another South 6-class frigate for, uh, that is uh, created in Germany and then uh, brought here to Israel to be uh, interoperable with the various uh, components of the Israeli Navy. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, the, the uh, strengthening of the Israeli Navy, considering that it's very small, but very technological at the same time, and capable to uh, establish plenty of deterrence on the one hand, but at the same time, we see the Iranians not really uh, being wary by that deterrence, uh, even when we're talking about the American Navy, for that matter. Israeli Navy, uh, first of all, is, has three missions uh, nowadays. Uh, in addition to its traditional role in protecting our sea lanes of communications, it is also a part of a uh, broader deterrent posture and the less I would say about this, the better. Um, um, and also, it is now in charge of defending our uh, EEZ, our economic zone, uh, exclusive economic zone, which includes uh, large areas of the Eastern Mediterranean where we have uh, strategic economic interests, in conjunction with our partners uh, in Greece, Cyprus, Egypt, we have an interest in the defense of the Eastern Mediterranean and stability in the Eastern Mediterranean. So all of this, and, and the, the, the frigates uh, from Germany are actually part of the Eastern Mediterranean, the, the EEZ protection uh, uh, capacity that Israel is now obliged to, to build up. So leaving aside certain uh, shadows as to the circumstances of such some of these agreements, uh, the, the need is real. And the challenge uh, is becoming much more acute. And I was saying uh, um, also that uh, I would say that uh, the Iranian bluster should not, vis-à-vis uh, -vis the Americans and Israel, uh, should not be read as policy. There's quite a lot of bravado, and then they go out and and uh, uh, basically farm the, out their most uh, dirty missions to their proxies in order not to be implicated. So they are. The caution is still there, and uh, and we should uh, bring take this also into account. Indeed, uh, Admiral Chorev, of course, as a former uh, commander of the Israeli submarine fleet, and uh, uh, much more in your long list of uh, positions, uh, you have quite uh, the unique outlook at uh, the situation throughout the Mediterranean. Of course, uh, we're talking also about the Red Sea and beyond that. How do you see Israel's current standing uh, with regard to the threats that may emanate from multiple uh, sources that uh, seek to harm the Jewish state, but also uh, on a wider term with uh, cooperation with strategic allies in the region? 
is a very good question because uh, you mentioned uh, maritime domain awareness and I think that uh, we in Israel are suffering from maritime domain blindness. When we are speak about maritime security, it's not only the, the, the Navy power or the naval power of uh, uh, the Israeli Navy. And uh, we are speaking about missions like uh, uh, what uh, the EEZ, giving the security to the infrastructure of the EEZ, it requires from us uh, to do it as a constabulary. It's a not pure military mission, it's a constabulary. In other nations, Coast Guard can do such a thing. Another issue, and you mentioned, is after the retreat from the Sinai Peninsula, I think that the sea is the only domain that gives us the strategic depth. And I think that uh, cleverly, Israel should use this uh, uh, strategic depth uh, that uh, the sea is giving to, to Israel, with all its uh, infrastructure, as well with some of its uh, 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 submarines and other, other uh, ingredients. One element that uh, I think that the importance is increasing is the Red Sea. When I served in the Red Sea during 77, we had the mission to secure the line of communication, but especially from the oil that come from Iran. And I think that everybody remembered the 1971 attack on one of our tankers, and it was the decision to deploy from Sharm el-Sheikh the uh, missile squadron uh, to protect these uh, lines of communication. Currently, I think that more than 25% of Israel's import-export is going through the Red Sea. And I think that uh, that's one of the mission of the Israeli Navy to secure this line of communication. So there are multiple missions that the Israeli Navy should uh, apply in these uh, areas. And besides what Iran mentioned, I think that uh, whenever we are speaking about what we assign to the Israeli Navy is what is our strategic objectives. Uh, I think that there is no question about the uh, uh, infiltration or proliferation of weapons that are going through the Red Sea. And I think the Israeli Navy demonstrated in the 2000s and the, uh, later that uh, we should stop and uh, in the very beginning, sort of proliferation of uh, uh, weapons. But uh, the question currently is, what is the objective of uh, the covert warfare that we have opened, according to the sources, in this arena? And is it serving our objectives concerning Iran? Mr. Oren, this is actually very interesting, speaking about the depth of field, about the Sinai Peninsula that was implemented at the time by uh, General and later Minister uh, Chaim Barlev, uh, something that needed to be heavily invested in, and however, the Israeli government only uh, provided some 10% to the budgetary uh, defenses of the Sinai Peninsula that cost it later dearly uh, during the Egyptian uh, offensive at the time. But right now, when we're looking at uh, the uh, strategic depth of the maritime domain, what is the political perspective to this matter? Well, when you use the term political, of course, it has a double meaning. Uh, in uh, domestic Israeli uh, politics, as well as 
diplomatic uh, international relations. And uh, curiously enough, and this goes back to uh, the late 1940s, early 1950s, uh, at the time, the maritime domain, the uh, port of Haifa, which was uh, basically the only one, of course, there was also Jaffa and Tel Aviv, later Ashdod, but the port of Haifa, uh, the Longshoremen Union, um, the uh, Seafarers Union, uh, there were shipping companies like Tzim and others. Um, several ships uh, uh, went around the seven seas flying the Israeli flag. The, one of the parties, Achduta Avodah, held the Ministry of Transportation. And because of that, the ruling party, Mapai, tried to cultivate the aviation sector, including uh, the Israel uh, aviation industry. And it controlled El Al and, and other um, such uh, uh, sectors. Now, because of the success of Israel in deterring most attacks, except perhaps in 1956, the Egyptian uh, frigate or destroyer uh, escort, Ibrahim uh, al-Awel, which was captured, uh, basically all of uh, the um, Israeli population living uh, along the coast uh, from Haifa to Tel Aviv, north of that, south of that, um, felt quite secure. Even while there were um, uh, air raids because of uh, Egyptian bombers, no, no uh, uh, ships bombarded uh, the coast. Some people in Israel grew complacent about it. And only when gas exploration came into or under the scene some 12, 15 years ago, um, did Israelis uh, open their eyes to the potential as well as the problem of this domain. And as um, Shaul Horev mentioned, even now, even in the uh, age of uh, airlifters, of, uh, of flights around the world, not only by commercial airliners, but um, uh, by uh, DHL or FedEx or others, um, which are exclusively cargo, even then, uh, most of uh, the shipping, most of the foodstuff, most of the petroleum is going to come to Israel by sea. And therefore, Israel should invest more in protecting this uh, crucial infrastructure. Indeed. Uh, Dr. Lerman, I'd like to hear your perspective on this and actually highlight one incident that was attributed to the Israeli Navy with regard to the Saviz, uh, an American... Uh, uh, excuse me, an Iranian uh, so-called tanker, but actually what it uh, served to be was uh, intelligence, front intelligence uh, headquarters for the RGC Navy in the Red Sea in a strategic uh, waterway that, uh, of course, uh, uh, granted it uh, strategic uh, uh, capacity vis-a-vis -vis also Saudi Arabia, also Yemen, but also elsewhere uh, with regard to the shipping or maritime routes where Israeli ships are also being uh, uh, transported through. And uh, even though this uh, specific target was uh, incapacitated and later uh, towed away from there, uh, intelligence reports are speaking about uh, Beshad being uh, uh, another uh, vessel right now that uh, just took its place and continues to conduct the same operations which the Saviz did before that, which raises my question specifically to this instant. Uh, is a Israel able to contend with 
Iranian determination, other determinations in the region uh, lacking what it seems to be some sort of deterrence to just continuing uh, its malign activities in the region by employing and deploying additional maritime forces in that uh, theater, which is so strategic not only for Israel, but for the entire world. Well, uh, first of all, when it comes to Israeli uh, military operations um, uh, that are not acknowledged, I've made it a rule for myself uh, uh, to abide by three principles. One is not to talk about things I don't know about. The second is not to talk about things I know about. And the third is never to let you know whether I know or do not know about it. So I'm not going to go into any specific detail. Uh, now to what on, you uh, allegedly we, we do have something broad going on, which is acknowledged, called the uh, CBW by its English initials. Uh, in Hebrew, that uh, goes under Mabam and Maracha Ben Abelhamot, campaign between the wars which is uh, designed to deny Iran the capacity to turn Syria and uh, uh, into a, a deployed uh, field against us and uh, to uh, also prevent uh, Lebanon uh, from being, or Hezbollah in Lebanon from being provided uh, with the cutting edge of Iranian technology. And beyond that, uh, we have an ongoing uh, um, confrontation going back all the way to uh, the Karine and other incidents against uh, Iranian in, uh, attempts to influence the balance of power in the region, uh, whether directly or through its proxies. And um, uh, what we have going for us, and this I can say, again, in a very generalized but, uh, but uh, way, but with certainty, we have a much better intelligence um, dominance than the, than the Iranians uh, in these matters. And we have a very, very long arm uh, operationally. Uh, some of uh, the acknowledged operations going back years, uh, like, like the Karine, were carried out uh, deep uh, into the higher, you know, on the high seas, uh, not uh, anywhere near our actual waters. And, uh, and uh, I think that uh, the intelligence capacity that backs this kind of, uh, of operations uh, is there and will be there based on what we have and based on a robust relationship with some of our friends. So uh, I think the Iranians are at a disadvantage in this respect and they, uh, they are aware of it. So from time to time they let loose at an Israeli-owned uh, easy mark, easy target in the Gulf, uh, but, um, but have they ever tried to confront uh, Israeli, uh, proper Israeli assets on the high seas, um, that hasn't happened and there are reasons why this hasn't happened. With that being said, and I'd like to refer this question to you, Admiral Khorev, uh, when we're looking at the maritime theater, uh, there are many easy targets, if you will, uh, that uh, roam around the Persian Gulf, the Strait of Hormuz, and elsewhere, especially now that relations have been established with the United Arab Emirates, with Bahrain, uh, all of which have become uh, uh, key ports for Israeli uh, trade and commercial assets in the, uh, the uh, offshore area. How do you see this actually challenge Israeli capacity to protect its assets, uh, which are still very uh, significant uh, with regard to 
what ultimately uh, implicates the, the, or impacts uh, the, the ordinary citizen in Israel. I agree with the Iran when it's come to prevent a, prol a, a proliferation uh, of weapons. And there is no question about such an example of uh, the Korean aid. The question uh, that uh, I, I think that we have to deal with it is uh, when you are coming to a covert warfare, and especially when you think that it uh, serves your mission to prevent Iran to achieve a, a nuclear weapon, and you think that uh, uh, damaging Iran, uh, let's say, oil uh, export is the, uh, doing such a thing, you have to think what is the strategic measure of effectiveness that you can uh, measure. And uh, I think that you touch a very good point. Currently, Israel has no, uh, let's say, national uh, commerce fleet, nothing. It was not like the 70s and 80s. And uh, if you are speaking about 6,400 ships that are entering Israel ports, only 4% of them are owned by Israeli owners. So when we see that uh, ships that belong to a company owners in Israel, I think that the Iranians know what they are doing. Another aspect is that the, the Israeli Navy cannot uh, operate in the, 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 the Gulf of Oman, in the Arabic Sea. It's out of its operational uh, capabilities. So once you start to deal with such an issue, you have to, to think uh, what will be the reaction and it will, if it were such a thing. And the, the last one is, if you don't have such a capability, let's try to cooperate with other navies. I think that the, once Israeli, Israel is part of the Central Command, and the Central Command has the fifth fleet, it will be very good to coordinate, to cooperate with the fifth fleet. I think that the, in the past, we have a very good experience with the Sixth Fleet that uh, was part of the theater missile defense. And with uh, regard to the trade that we will have to protect in areas that is out of the Israeli Navy capabilities, we will have to try and to see how we cooperate with our allies, namely the Fifth Fleet and other navies in this region. Because as I mentioned, our trade with the Far East becoming a very, uh, uh, the lion's share of, uh, of the Israeli uh, commerce. Indeed, and just to clarify, uh, if you will, would you suggest Israel send one of its uh, newly acquired frigates to complete some sort of strike group, which is part of the Fifth Fleet currently in, in the Persian Gulf? Not necessarily, not necessarily, but it can do such a thing, but there are let's say, uh, international uh, uh, group operating under the uh, resolution of the Security Council that are many navies operating, number 150. It might be. Uh, you know that today showing the flag is one of the mission of the Navy. So as you mentioned, if Israeli Navy uh, ship, SAR-6, SAR-5, will enter a port in the Red Sea, <laughs> for instance, port of Sudan, for instance, uh, in Oman, it might demonstrate 
also the cooperation and the coordination that we might have with a friendly Navy that are taking care of such mission in these areas. Indeed, Mr. Oren. Uh, Admiral Horev chose to speak uh, as Professor Horev, as if it's a theoretical uh, matter, but he knows full well that the uh, new uh, leader of the Fifth Fleet uh, was here quite recently as the guest of the Israel Navy. He actually came from Egypt, and uh, because Egypt too is part of CENCOM, even though it's uh, in North Africa, it's not part of Africa. Which just did also a joint maneuver with the Fifth Fleet and uh, other that's, assets that's right. of the American. And of course, the Suez Canal is the waterway uh, linking the Mediterranean and uh, these um, uh, southernmost uh, seas. So yes, there is um, uh, some new cooperation between the Israeli Navy and the Fifth Fleet, as well as with CENTCOM uh, in general, because of course the uh, air cover is being given by the Israeli Air Force. Our aircraft carriers are not yet uh, here. They are still being built uh, somewhere. <laughs> if, uh, Our if, aircraft carriers are onshore rather than offshore. That's right, Israel itself. Uh, so, so yes, there is a, a new cooperation and uh, an intimate relationship between Israel, including the Navy, and uh, the United States and several other allies. Indeed. Dr. Leoman, last sentence. What should Israel focus on in the near future when we're talking about the maritime domain? Deterring the Iranians, um, uh, foiling their bid to uh, give Hezbollah the necessary cards for dominance in Lebanon, and work with our allies in the eastern Mediterranean to stabilize the region so that there can be a, a balanced, uh, I would say, negotiation uh, about the future of the region. Was uh, our Turkish, uh, uh, let's say, uh, frenemies? Uh, in the Eastern Mediterranean. Indeed. Uh, Admiral Horev, uh, closing sentence from you. What should we focus on from your perspective? I think that the understand what does it mean maritime security. And to add what uh, Colin and Lerman mentioned, I think that there are other dimensions. When we are speaking about uh, the infrastructure, it's not only the gas. We have the desalination water, 60% of Israel, we have to take out of the Israeli dense shores some of the infrastructure, power station, other things, into the sea. We have to understand what is the equilibrium that can we achieve in the Eastern Mediterranean, because Indeed. Turkey, one side, Greece, Cyprus, and the other side, and it is a very delicate situation uh, to, to operate there. Indeed, uh, we'll have to revisit this topic. Of course, in the near future, uh, the East Med is part uh, of our keen observation of this region, which has significance also for the security of the State of Israel. Uh, I'd like to thank Colonel Dr. Iran Lerman, uh, Rear Admiral Professor uh, Chorev, and Mr. Oren for being part of today's panel. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well. And we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.